Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. And if you have a friend that could be interested, make sure you also share the direct link to this episode or the podcast. It all helps so much, and I think that there's something for everyone in this podcast and in all of these episodes. If you're following me on Instagram, you saw that last week I took some much-needed, seriously unplugged time off and it was amazing. So thank you all for giving me, as I say, the space and grace to do that. It meant a lot and it was so nice to actually really unplug from everything, not just work, but also social media. There were moments where I was on or like I posted, um, but for the most part, I really was pretty much unplugged. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the space and grace. Um, I also posted on my Instagram last Friday, because it was my birthday, I shared a surprise, basically a surprise project that I've been working on. And that is that I'm launching a YouTube channel. So starting March 16th, my podcast episodes will be on both all of the podcast channels and YouTube. And so that means that you'll also be able to see me If you are more of a visual listener, like maybe you like to watch and listen, like I know that there are a lot of people who prefer YouTube to podcasts or like to consume their podcasts on YouTube. So that was kind of how it all got started. Um, And I'm really looking forward to that journey. It's going to be hard work. I think I'm a little intimidated by the commitment that I've made, but I am excited nonetheless. And really, I'm going to be recording from March 16th on recording every episode through video and then um, making it available as audio only, of course, through the podcast platforms as well. So make sure that you subscribe. I'm still figuring out YouTube, but I've linked everything in my link tree. So all of the um, links that you'll need are going to be in the podcast description below. So make sure that you click there and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you know someone who doesn't like podcasts, but love you, loves YouTube and maybe would really enjoy this podcast, definitely make sure that you share with them my channel. This week, I wanted to talk about something that I had actually mentioned in my discussion with Megan Hool on the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I was on her podcast that launched the episode that launched last week, actually. It launched last Tuesday. It was episode number five. And let me tell you, you guys, this podcast, the Pivot with Purpose podcast is killer. She does an amazing job. Megan does an amazing job of finding really interesting people to interview, including myself. No, just kidding. But Yeah. I mean, she finds really interesting people to interview and to talk through their pivot stories with. And it's just really awesome to see all of the ways in which she's growing her podcast. And I just love what she's doing and the space that she's in. So definitely take a listen. She is also, or her podcast is also wherever you consume podcasts. So highly, highly recommend consuming her content as well. And on her podcast, I talked about a lot of things related to my pivot story, but I also talked about 
a bad leader that I've had in my past, really at, at Target. And I it inspired me to talk about bad leadership this week because bad leadership is everywhere. And I realized that I haven't totally gone into not only that story, but the way that I kind of navigated a bad leader and how it motivated me to get to the place where I am today. Bad leaders are bad, right? Like they're just bad. They make us hate our lives. Like they make our days longer. They make us not want to come into work. Like all of those things, all of those emotions, right? Bad leaders make our jobs harder. They make us they gaslight us maybe, they make us think that we're experiencing something that we're not or experiencing the opposite of what we normally experience. And so all of those characteristics of bad leaders or bad leadership, you're going to have that. If you haven't had a bad leader yet, you're going to. And even if you have had a bad leader already, you're going to have another one. Like that's just the way that life works sometimes. But bad leadership really teaches us a lot. And bad leaders challenge us in a way that good leaders might not. So I want to first share my story with bad leadership, my experience with bad leadership, because I think it lends to the uh, experiential advice that I'm going to give you. Um, So when I was in my last store at Target, that was where I experienced my, probably the worst leader that I've ever had. And Hopefully no one passes her in that uh, ranking. But when I joined the store, she was a fairly new manager, um, managing like people in my role. And, you know, she'd gone through a lot of training. Obviously, every single person in Target goes through a ton of training. So there's never a question on whether someone has been trained well or not. I mean, there there's so many opportunities to learn from so many different people. And the training is really, really good. And on paper, she was a really good leader. She came from a similar background to mine, having had an HR experience actually, and was really successful evidently in that role. Um, I say evidently because I don't believe it, but you know, that's my personal opinion. Anyway, so when I joined that store, I was placed there as my home store after kind of being a nomad through a bunch of stores trying to like support them and get their cultures right and train new HR people. So when I was finally placed there, um, I was really excited to have a leader who came from my experience naturally. Someone with HR experience we know is, you know, that's a, that's a great background, right? Like automatically you think, oh great, people person, they're going to be people centric, they're going to care about what I care about. Wrong. Wrong, Tracy. You assumed wrong. Anyway, fast forward. I'm integrating into the store. I'm getting to know my peers. I'm getting to know the teams. I'm getting to know my new boss. And I mean, you, you, if you looked clearly, like if you really like peeled back just one layer, you could see that this team was breaking. And naturally as an HR leader in the store, I'm like, why is like, what's going on? Like, culture's pretty good, but people seem just like so defeated, like they're unhappy. And so as I was digging in, I could start to see the writing on the wall that it's really, it's really the leadership that's bringing this team down. And it wasn't necessarily just my, my supervisor. I mean, there were leaders in the store that 
really, I think, needed a lot more support. They were good leaders, but um, I think that there were things that prevented them from being better. And having the manager that we had certainly didn't help because she herself was not a good leader. So it's just, I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture that it was kind of just like a big mess. But when you when you looked from the outside in, it didn't necessarily look like a big mess because the store was performing well and the teams were pretty tenured and there really wasn't a lot of turnover. So on paper, again, everything looked pretty good. But when you when you really look or if you have experience like I did kind of having to improve cultures right away and like jump in like you say hello to someone you meet them for five minutes and then you're kind of inserting direction and and guiding kind of like taking the lead that was my role before in every store that I was in before this store that I had been located relocated to because that was what my strength was and I would say what my strength still is. So having had that experience of kind of like jumping into bad cultures and needing to immediately affect change, I could see right away that there was a problem in the store that people probably didn't notice on the outside. So one of the things that I noticed really quickly is that my manager at the time would basically just demand, demand and command. And every single person was just like a body to her. And I say this because actually she was totally devoid of the human element, which is so weird for someone who comes from HR, right? Like you'd think that they are going to think about like, oh, the people, oh, like, you know, how, how, how are they feeling or whatever? It doesn't even have to be like that corny stuff. It's just a matter of like thinking about people differently that HR challenges us to, to think through. And she completely did not have that skill set. Like she did not think that way at all. So this leader, she was a poor communicator. She was extremely aggressive. I had to manage her. I managed up, but I also had to kind of do a lot of damage control with the employees because obviously my priority is the team. She's not my priority. Like my boss at that point, she was so bad. I could not care less if she was pleased with me. All I cared about was if the team was, you know, okay, happy if the leaders were growing. So I took on an interesting role where, yeah, I was an HR person, but I also was kind of like managing the store because the store lacked a good leader. In addition to the communication, she was also pretty unethical. She asked me to do things that were unethical that I would not do. And I actually would refuse to meet her demands. And I say demands because she was demanding and commanding, uh, which she didn't like, but I didn't really care, right? Like at the end of the day, Yes, I reported into her, but I was she wasn't going to get rid of me because without me, her job became very hard. And so I kind of I, I want to say I kind of manipulated the situation. I was able to pretty much do whatever I wanted because she was not going to she wasn't going to fire me. If at any point I had left or she fired me, she would be doing three times the work. People would leave. I there, I, there was a peer of mine who was literally writing his resignation letter in his office. And I was like, don't do it. We're going to figure it out. Like get to your year. Like, let me help you, et cetera, et cetera. And he ended up staying. He stayed longer than I did. I think, was it longer? Yeah, I think longer than I did. And I really think that if I think she knew she couldn't lose me. So she kind of like then backed off sometimes when I challenged her, um, because it, 
I tried to create a, di- a dynamic basically where she was not so much in control anymore because she was really that bad. Anyway, super unethical. Um, she asked me, for example, not to include certain employees in different things that was highly discriminatory. And I was like, I'm absolutely not doing that. And if you ask me to do something like that again, I'm going to report you again. She knew I, I reported her to my HR business partner at the time, my district leader, who also had some uh, struggles, I think, with leadership. I, I think they were good leaders with that were missing the mark for me in that experience. But actually, since then, we've really been able to um, kind of smooth things over, and I have a good relationship with those both those individuals now. But in that moment, when she asked me to do something that was highly unethical, and I told her absolutely not, and don't ever ask me to do something like that again, she she and I actually like argued. I mean, she was yelling at me and I was trying to uh, de-escalate the situation. And I was basically like, it's enough. Like this is unprofessional. It's inappropriate. Do you need to leave for the day? So that hopefully that gives you an understanding that like, this is my, this is supposed to be my boss. And I was managing her like a poor performing or, uh, you know, insubordinate employee. But that's basically what I had to do in order to not only survive, but make, you know, make the store perform. Another situation actually, which drove me nuts and probably was the thing, like, I think the straw that broke the camel's back for me and led me to start looking was that I had just worked a closing shift. So that meant that I was leaving the store around 1230 at night, one o'clock. And, uh, she was supposed to be opening the next day. And at 7am, no one was there. She didn't show up. No call, no show. And the the person called me because I, I guess they had tried to call other people. And so, as you can imagine, 7 o'clock, I had gotten home maybe at 1.30, so I was sleeping, and the store needed to be open. So I got up, I got dressed, and I went to the store. And she was unreachable until about 2 p.m. I can't, I, you can't make this stuff up, you guys. Like, you can't make this stuff up. And she finally, I, I got in touch with her. I'm like, uh, you all right? Like you good? What's going on? And she was like, oh, I went out last night. Sorry. I'm like, can you get to the store? Like I need to go to sleep. And she got to the store at like three and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave now. And she was like, wait, why are you going to leave? Like you have to work until five. I was like, I'm supposed to be off today. So no, I'm not working until five. Uh, you you were a no call, no show. So you're going to take over and I'm going to take a comp day like next week. So you're going to have to figure this out. But like, can you imagine? Like th- it was so bad that my, my world was rocked. You guys, I could not believe that I was dealing with someone who presented that way as a leader. So then I'm thinking like, how did she make it in her past roles? How did she get here? She must have known someone. Like, how? Anyway, fast forward, I did partner. Like I said, I partnered with my HR business partner. I partnered with my district team leader, um, who was basically her manager. And like, nothing got better. I was managing her. No one else was really stepping in based on what I could see. She wasn't being held accountable. I, As an HR person, you know when someone's being held accountable. She was not being held accountable. This went on for more than a year. I was in that store for more than a year. Did I cry when I got home? Totally. Did I cry in the car 
totally. But I managed, I was high, I was very successful there. Um, but it wasn't sustainable. My fiance, who was my boyfriend at the time, my family, my, my friends, they were like, how long are you going to be dealing with this? Because not only can we not hear you talk about this anymore, but also like, you look like crap. You, you need to, you need to do something. You need to have a shake up here. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, why do I have to say? But I always saw myself in Target like forever. Like I was just like sipping the Target Kool-Aid. And so finally I decided to start looking and that's when I was offered the role at the company that I'm with now. And when I resigned, it was like the world imploded. My HR business partner, my district team leader, even the um, the regional HR person for the region she like everyone was like, wait, what? I mean, what do you mean Tracy's resigning? Like that was a huge, huge red flag because again, I was sipping the Kool-Aid. I was on the business partner bench. Like I was interviewing for the next role. I mean, I was even through this stressful situation, I was again, highly successful. Um, and so basically every single person asked for an exit interview to try and figure out what was going on. Now, at the time, my manager was like, oh, what's your reason for leaving? And I played it very cool. I was like, oh, you know, just want to branch out because I didn't want her to get ahead of it because I didn't trust her, obviously. Very manipulative person. Like, I did not trust her at all. So I was like, oh, you know, sometimes we just have to move on, you know. And then when I did my exit interviews with those other individuals outside of my store, like not with my manager, I, I laid it on thick and I made sure I was like, I told you this was going on. Like this shouldn't be a surprise. I actually reached out for help. I didn't get it. And I think you need to, I think you need to investigate her. Like, you know, she should have been investigated when I first made the report like months ago, but like, you got to step in here. So she ended up getting canned as you, as, as we can call it. Um, after I, resigned. But, you know, it's unfortunate because I think that when you have a bad leader like that and you have strong talent, whether it was myself or my peers who were in the store, I mean, you have to protect them. So you see like strong leaders, you see these people who are performing, but you're, if, especially if you're getting like a report that someone is like a, a bad leader and unethical and asking their managers to do things that are discriminatory. I mean, like, hello, you got to investigate, like what's going on here anyway. So that is the example or the story that I have of my poor leaders, uh, or leadership experience. What I want to share is that from this experience, There was so, so much that I took away. I learned the most from this leader, more than I've learned probably from any other leader. Not only did she challenge my skill set, I mean, I really learned how to send a direct message because like I said, I mean, I had to. This was someone who was highly manipulative, very aggressive, didn't care about her team. So being very direct is the only option and, and whoo, boy, was I direct. So that really challenged my skill set, and it helped me to be able to like remove certain fluff from communication that like, you know, sometimes you, you default on when it comes to like the certain population that you're managing. So that was really helpful. And she challenged my skill set in the sense that I had to really figure out how to step up. I needed, I was I was kind of like managing my peers and I was managing the store and I was managing her. And that is a lot for someone who 
hasn't necessarily had to do that before because I had really strong leaders previously who guided me. But in this situation, I didn't have anyone guided me, guiding me. I had to manage her and manage all of the other processes. So it really put me in a position where I think I was able to get garner a lot of respect from my peers and the employees, but I also was able to figure out how to get what I needed out of the experience by managing up, which is a very, very important skill set. And I know I've talked about it before. I also was made to be less sensitive to feedback and other leaders. I mean, I shared with you that she and I were literally arguing like back and forth. She was yelling at me and I was like, you gotta stop. You gotta stop this. Like what's going on? But that it desensitized me. It made me less sensitive to a very, very direct, rude, aggressive, mean message, which is great. That is something that I really appreciated that I took away, that I learned because now when I get feedback, I'm like, okay, cool. Do I get annoyed sometimes? Still totally. Like we all get feedback that annoys us, but I don't get upset by it. So that's super helpful. Also bad leaders teach us about who we don't want to be. Like I learned everything that I never want to look like or be like or act like from this leader. And it teaches us about who we do want to be. So in that moment, and this is what I kind of talk about on the Pivot with Purpose podcast that I learned, and I think bad leaders do this with everyone, I learned what I want to be like as a leader, what I don't want to be like as a leader. And so having that experience was really invaluable. Stepping into the role that I'm in now as a business partner, I was able to say to myself, okay, I never want to be perceived the way that she was perceived. I never want to be the person that can't be depended on, that communicates aggressively and poorly, that doesn't value people. I knew exactly, it all translated for me. I knew exactly what I wanted I wanted to be as a leader and exactly what I didn't want to be as a leader. So that was very, very helpful. And so those four things, challenging skill set, making us less, less sensitive to feedback, teaching us about who we want to be, teaching us about who we don't want to be, those four things were the biggest takeaways from this experience. And again, I am so grateful for those experiences and learnings because I don't know that I would be as strong of a leader today without that. And so even though it was like literally the worst year of my career, what kept me going is that there were people who needed me. There were people who relied on me because they couldn't rely on her. And I just, you know, I kind of just like assumed the position. I was like, all right. And actually I really loved that team. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved my peers and I loved that, that employee population. And they were so loyal. I was like, man, if I were them, I don't know that I would have put up with this for so long because they were working with this leader for a long time. And I wish her the best of luck. I think that she was probably going through things personally that just like took her away from what she could be able, what she was able to do and what she could process at work. But at the same time, I'm not making an excuse for her. Like you could go through things personally and still be a good leader with bad tendencies or bad days. She was a bad leader with good tendencies. That's a lot worse. And when I left, I, I pretty much said to her, like, I think you're in the wrong role and I think you, you need to do something that doesn't involve teams because you're really, you're really struggling and, and you made my life miserable. 
So, uh, giving her that feedback, I don't know how she took it. I kind of just like, you know, left on the dime with, I, I left her with that basically. And like I said, I mean, she was not with Target after I left. Um, they did a whole investigation from what I understand and found everything out that I had already shared. And, uh, that was that. And I don't know what she's doing now. I really don't care. Um, but what I do hope she's taken away is that she needs to lead differently or she just needs to not be a leader. If you have experienced a bad leader, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear how it's motivated you or what you've done to kind of move past the bad times and like keep going because I know for sure it was hard for me. I mean, like looking back on it, I'm really proud of what I was able to do given or despite those experiences and despite what could have held me back. Um, but it really, it really did motivate me to do that much more and to just, I don't know, kind of manage without her and like take every part of her leadership with a grain of salt and just do what I needed to do. And it really, I think it really did give me things that has made me more successful. And, uh, I don't know that I would trade that experience for a good leader. I don't, I don't know that I would, because I think there are certain things again, that you learn from bad leaders that you don't necessarily learn from good leaders. Now, challenging a skill set or making us less sensitive to feedback. Totally. We could learn that from good leaders, but the takeaway of what I didn't want to be like as a leader, that that's priceless. Knowing exactly what you never want to be like, you can't get that from a good leader. From a good leader, you can mirror things and you can emulate what they do. But bad leaders, there's something there. They really teach us a lot. And so if you are going through an experience right now where you have a bad leader, persevere, keep going, but also know you don't have to stay in it. You don't have to stay in that job. Think about how you are coping with it. Like it's all, it all challenges our coping skills. How are you rising above? How are you motivating yourself to keep moving? And maybe you should just look for something else. And I think, you know, the takeaway here too is like, make sure you partner with people. If you have an HR person or another person who you can reach out to, make them aware of what you're experiencing and what you're going through so that they can at least have the opportunity to help. I know in my experience and my story on this episode, I didn't get any help, but I still made them aware and I can say at the end of the day that I did everything in my power to right the wrongs and work to stay in that role. And although I ended up leaving, I am in a way I am glad that I left because I don't know that I would have left. Like, I think I would have been like a ride or die at Target and like, who knows, maybe I wouldn't have started a podcast. Maybe I wouldn't have been in, in like this like type of director role, like who knows? Um, but you know, I, I think that everything happens for a reason. And so we should always do the most that we can to make situations the best possible. And so whether it's giving feedback to the leader, giving feedback to the person on the outside, um, taking on the initiative yourself, like doing whatever you can to keep it moving it's worth it. But I would love to hear your stories. So please, you know, send me an email, send me a DM. I have all the links again in my link tree so you can get connected with me on there. And I look forward to hearing all of your stories of perseverance and how you've stayed motivated or how you said, you know what, I don't need this. I'm not going to take it. And how you've just left. Love to hear it. Just a reminder, I have three events every week. So 
Tuesdays at 6 p.m. I'm on Clubhouse with Megan Houle from the Pivot with Purpose podcast, and we have a room called What's Your Pivot Story? So definitely check us out there. I also have, and I'm restarting office happy hours this week because I took a break last week, and that is at 9 p.m. Eastern this week. The 8.30 time didn't seem to be the best fit, so we're going back to 9 p.m this Tuesday. So when this episode launches, those two events are happening at night. And then all of these times are in Eastern, by the way. And then on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm on Clubhouse talking about navigating your career in the new normal, navigating change, all of those um, topics that have been really incredible. We've been in this room now for, I think, two months, and we get a lot of really interesting stories and thoughts and opinions. So definitely make sure you check out my link tree in the description of this episode, and you can click and get linked to all of those events. If you need an invite to Clubhouse, I do have some Clubhouse invites, so make sure you reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn, wherever, and I will definitely try to get you an invite. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me this week. Make sure that, again, you rate, review, and subscribe, share with a friend, and I will see you next week.